They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? Not crazy. This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. His brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's alive. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in Hysteria Nation to the podcast that finds Yetis so nice, we decided to do them twice. This is Hysteria 51. Do I look abominable to you? Why can't they call me the adorable snowman or, or the agreeable snowman for crying out loud? I'm a nice guy. Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, we are your hosts and lead explorers. I'm John Goforth, and this is Brent Hand. Are, are we the lead explorers, though, John? Cheese muffins. Shout out, Kyle. Anyway, as I was saying, we do have a bona fide explorer with us today. But before we get to that, let's let's recap last week. So we're talking. Hey, yet. idiots. I have the recap ready. No one wants to listen to you blather on about how you blathered on. That other voice you're hearing, like an automated loudspeaker with an attitude problem, is the one and only conspiracy bot. Brent built Seabot to produce and edit the show in his lab, but he mostly fails at that endeavor extravagantly. Understatement. Uh, he fails extravagantly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it sounds, though, like he actually put some work in this week. Yeah. So, Seabot, you actually follow the production schedule I posted on your door? No, not at all. But I did black out last night after a little too much bot booze and bot juice. Bot. 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 When I woke up, it was finished. So there you go. I'm sure this is just going to be great work. <laughs> okay. All right, let's give it a listen. Here it is, dear friends. Seabot's recap of last week's Yeti episode part one. Previously on Hysteria 51. All true? Question mark. Then I'll laugh at you. Eliminating. Ah, sucker. <laughs> Tree fitty. Harry. Uh, that was not the most interesting thing he did that week. It's Henry Rowan Gardner, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Harry. Moon Nazis nuke, and then we nuke back. I don't know, something. Well, they got helium three up there. People that do climbing shit largely for rich white guys that want to climb up the mountain. Harry. And, and hilarity ensues. Yetis don't People breach get, the surface while hunting. Why that am I really just fit? human noise? <laughs> That's the most important part. <laughs> and you see enough dead bodies. Okay, I'm not taking my pants off. Harry. Take a yak over, shoot it, carve out a hide, and there you go. And now, Yeti part two. You know, if, if nothing conspiracy bot, you're consistent. I'll give you that. You're consistent. <laughs> it's so very, very, very true. Uh, Kyle. Kyle, did you do your assignment? I did. I did. What's an assignment? I I should have I should have seen that coming. I really really should have. Brent, let's just get to the guests. Cheese muffins. Two guests. We, we have do. returning guests. Yeah, two in a row. They two, were two, willing two for two. Willing to come back for a second week in the lower fourth. We're happy to see Eric again. Eric, thank you so much for desummiting and uh, spending your that's, weekend. That's Eric Severinghouse, our resident Nepal Everest uh, somebody Everest expert. It, would that be a Nepalesian? What's the? Yeah, what's I'm, the, I'm sure that's right. Nepalation. Nep- I, 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 I like to <laughs> I describe a nep slip. 
I, I was going to say I like to describe my last podcast as my acclimatization podcast. This yeah. is when we're going for the summit, so yeah. now I'm ready, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we, we made sure that he didn't forget his water bottle and he filled yeah. all his oxygen tanks. Exactly. Yeah. We, we did that for him. Uh, we also brought back... His name is Pecker, and uh, that's I think that's enough. That's, that was, we don't need to, we don't, I mean, that was against sure, but... against better judgment. Yeah, well, unfortunately, we didn't tell him he could come back. But yeah, Eric, he just, is a well, he's my ride. Eric, it, I didn't actually know how to find this place without getting a ride from it's Joe. It's pronounced Sherpa. He's your Sherpa. <laughs> you don't think a guy who has somebody carry all his shit yeah. up Everest is going to drive out here himself? Yeah, I know. He also had to carry my beer upstairs. Um, I'm not going to do that. You <laughs> what, know. what do you mean you don't have valet? Exactly. Now, it was challenging tracking down some crampons in downtown Chicago. But. Yeah. And, and, and Brent, now there's a hole in your floor. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, uh, Nation, we are back and we are still talking Yeti. Uh, th- last episode, we, we gave you a little bit of the history and we also certainly went into um, what it's like to to be on Everest and, and to be in the Himalayas yeah. uh, for, with some firsthand experience from uh, from Joe, of course. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and then also- Well, he remote little, viewed it for us. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. And then maybe a little bit from Eric. So if you haven't listened to that episode, pause. Come back to this episode, but first, go back and listen to last week's episode. Yeah, and we ended last week talking just a little bit about where that that term came from, abominable snowman. But the thing is, is that's it was a new term here. Now, it's, it's almost 100 years ago. That was new to us, but it was nothing new to the indigenous people. That was nothing. Right, the term there. might be new, but the yeah. creature was not. So Yeti was actually part of the pre-Buddhist beliefs, and pre-Buddhist is saying something, of several Himalayan people. So I don't know if this is the, the proper pronunciation, but I believe so. The Lepcha people worshipped a glacier being, which we talked about last episode, as the god of the hunt. Was that the guy in uh, Primal Rage? <laughs> Yeti? Glacier. Oh, no, glacier, yeah, 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 yeah. Was that Primal? No, 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 no. That was... Oh, um, Killer Instinct. Killer Combo breaker, <laughs> ultra combo. So, in other words, that character is actually a Himalayan god. Well, it's like a Yeti and Iceman from the X Men had a baby, and then you killed that baby. <laughs> Iceman, I just learned was a an Omega level. That's mutant. not new. That's old. That, that's, no, that's I just said I just time. learned. Yeah, yeah. He's Omega. Okay, level. guys, guys, quit being elitists. I'm just saying I learned it. Aww. I am elitist. You already knew that. so followers of the bone religion bone would you like to ride the bone train (laughs) that's exactly right they worship bone scott the 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 lead singer of acdc yes oh yeah they they once believed the blood of the wild man had use in certain mystical ceremonies and that means they had to get it somehow and so you were saying the wild man quote-unquote was their way of referring to the glacial being or Yeti. And when they would draw him, uh, they would depict him as a giant ape-like creature. Aha! That, no, not that a bear. Is not, not bear there. Yeah. Now we're going to get into some bear here in a little bit. How about <laughs> those bar footprints? you're going to later. <laughs> in 1899, uh, in Loris Waddle's book, Among the Himalayas, Waddle reported his guide's depiction of a large ape-like creature that left the prints, which Waddle thought he just like, those are just bear prints. That's what he said they were. And Waddle heard stories of a bipedal ape-like creature, but wrote that none of the many Tibetans I have interrogated on this subject could ever give me an authentic case. On the most superficial investigation, it always resolved into something that somebody heard tell of, meaning they were all not first-hand accounts, but hand-me-down stories. Now, that's a 
important part that kind of brings up why is it in so many of these crypto stories there's no real a lot of them aren't firsthand part it's folklore you know you hear about it and a lot of people haven't seen that. i've never we're, we're talking about it yet we talk about bigfoot we talk about all these cryptids i've never seen them why do you think that is like what keeps them going to some extent the idea of a humanoid savage that hasn't been sort of civilized right mm-hmm. and 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 sort of brought into the the mainstream of all the bullshit that we have to do in our lives like i think that speaks to a number of people this idea that there actually is some kind of a savage out there that can live free and roam and 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 do what they want to do it kind of speaks to a part of our psyche yeah that's 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 been eroded away over generations that's true and you know you got an area like that where it's it's just spoken word from generation to generation but then time goes by the world becomes much more traversed it becomes so much smaller and so so to speak smaller we hear those tales and those are the things that people want to come back you know you would go 100 200 years ago to those places and you hear about that those are the tales that people brought back with them oh they tell the tale of a of a of a giant ape creature the the, the glacial man the wild man the the yeti the abominable snowman and- well the other the other thing is you you ask the question why would these all be recountings of stories right because they're not real stories <laughs> Well, I, I I do believe that there is a lot of that, but I also do believe a lot of things people see things. And, and even right, if but then it turns into the game of telephone. Right, exactly. Or you see something, and we've all done this. If you see all something, this. say something. If you if you see something That's what it and is. you catch it out of the corner of your eye or you see something, your brain fills in the empty spaces. Well, and, and at altitude with a lack of oxygen, yeah. uh, hypoxia. Uh, I've personally experienced hallucinations. Most people that have been at high altitude have experienced some amount of hallucinations. Mm. So, so the idea that you're up there, you're in a strange place, you, your mind is is you know is, is very much sort of uh, looking out for any sort of dangers that might come, right? And and quickly hallucinating those sorts of things, I think, is very much of a thing. Um, and and so it starts to explain it a little bit, but it explains why a guy like me might see something like that up there. Right. It right. doesn't necessarily explain why somebody who lives up there, people who that, that is this their is, oxygen, that yeah. this is exactly this is what their physiology is adapted to. Why? Why they are so consistently seeing these. I have an off question about that. If someone who's from there comes to sea level, do they get oxygen sickness of some sort? Or does it affect them? It's it's insanely rare. So it's not like diving because people ask me like, OK, you have to say, be like, very careful going up. Somehow, right. Yeah. Can you get the bends coming down? It's not like that. Um, however, there have been documented cases of Sherpa who live at high altitudes actually getting coagulation of the blood when they get down to sea level. It's that a, is crazy. It is very, yeah. very, very rare, but it has been documented. But that's an important thing, like you said, John, though, you know, like a lot of people will make up a story to make up a story. We see that in a lot of cases with UFO, with the things we talk about. But then you, the counterpart of that is misidentification or hallucinization and those are two very different things when you hallucinate you might not be seeing anything but you're seeing something that's there misidentification is and and i think that's important like your brain kind of fills in that you ever think oh i saw someone in my corner no that's just the the pile of clothes just the glowing alien mask that's all it is that's all it was well, that's the thing. So if you're a little further away and you see a, a bear up on two legs, mistake it for a Yeti. That's one thing. But then there's another, like one of the reports, we'll get into the reports later. One of the reports was, a, again, a recounting of somebody else's tale, but from like the 1940s and a tremendous amount of detail, a, lo- 
a long uh, 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 long coat of hair with an undercoat of hair, this particular color, um, just a tremendous amount of detail. And the report ends with, we were about a quarter mile uh, uh, above in elevation, and they looked like black specks. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Those two things don't gel. If you were that far away and they looked like specks... Obviously, you don't know what binoculars are, John. <laughs> wait, but the but side, that is true, though. Like, the, what things don't mesh when you start digging into. I'm sorry, what were you saying? But I was just going to say the, the flip side of this is 100 years ago, people would have said the same things if you were uh, positing that there were multiple different species of humans or humanoid creatures, right? right? right. Denisovans and a variety of other ones that inhabited the Earth simultaneously. And well, it wasn't even 100 years ago when we thought that we wiped them out, a lot of the different uh, species. And then as we're doing DNA testing, we're like, no, we interbred with a lot of different, at least like Neanderthal, like, you know, the average person has upwards of 2% of Neanderthal DNA in, in them. Right, but but it's not just that. It's that it's that if you went back, you know, even the textbooks that, that I was looking at as I was growing up, right, you have this linear view of evolution. There were apes, apes evolved into humans, right? And and there's this sort of like linear thing when in reality there are all these different branches. And, and we know right. that there are orphan branches that no longer survive to this day. And we also know that they are probably, they found like jawbones and things of ones that we haven't even figured out exactly yet. Yeah. exactly and so you go back a couple hundred years and you say oh well there were these small creatures and then there were these other types of creatures and people go no nah, that's yes hobbits elves all this kind of stuff right and then you actually find these caves in in remote islands and you say actually there was a different branch of humanity that we can actually classify kingdom phylum genus all this other kind of stuff yeah, we have pick me people now like well, who's to say that we didn't have some form of of that even differently that we haven't found you uh know. vulcans True. Vulcans? True. Thank you. You can tell by the the ear bones. Yes. The ear bones. (laughs) Well, I don't think they're going to visit us. What was the year in Star Uh, Trek First Contact? Within 100 years from now, right? Yeah, something like that. But it's it's not until we hit warp speed. Then they come say hi. I wouldn't worry about it. They'll be here. It's fine. And the brother of the guy on Succession is the one who discovers warp drive. But unfortunately, he uses it for, for evil, and he sells it to the... What were the cyber yet yet uh cyberetics? Yeah, cyberetics. Uh, yeah, not to be Wayland Utani ends up buying cyberetics out, but you know it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's all right there. Yeah. On that note, nation, let's go to break. But when we come back, we are going to talk about some popular sightings, and we're also going to hear from Eric what exactly he did see, whether it was evidence or I an bet it was yeti. a piece of a yeti. <laughs> That's all next on Hysteria Fifty One. <laughs> Much like Rasputin, they just have a penis in a jar. That's a Yeti penis. <laughs> Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I, I just thought romance languages was yeah. the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever we love rosetta stone and we actually are users david you've really been using it even for longer than i what's your experience been like oh it's been great the thing is uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it so it's very high on pronunciation too so <laughs> you can you know learn how to speak and you know our show is all about proper pronunciation <laughs> in that pronunciation yeah that's right but it's it, they design it for long term retention, you know. It, and yeah. uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you you say it until you do, and then you know that that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why you know this has been trusted by experts for thirty years, and 
There's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused. Or really cool. <laughs> I have to go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we wanted to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know. And we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. Get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off rosettastone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So my only hope is when Eric talks about what he saw, he doesn't tell us what he saw when he opened texts from John Gopher. <laughs> Uh-oh, I didn't mean to send that to Those you. Those were private? <laughs> it did look like a Yeti. Yeah. <laughs> Eric's right next to my wife Stacy in my phone. It's the damnedest thing. I don't know. I don't know. You know, this thing was so huge. It was, you know... <laughs> Bigger than a Walmart. <laughs> Which is true because he's the only person you know who uses the mirror for ass ass selfies. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening right now. Uh-huh. Nation, we are back and here is uh here's a little story for you. we 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 mentioned we're gonna we're gonna talk through some some Yeti sightings and, and whatever happened to Eric when he was over there. Uh another f- uh, a famous individual, Jimmy Stewart, 
uh, had a Yeti uh, an encounter. Oh, he, he that's, was, a, that's a that's a goddamn Yeti. <laughs> Was, My money's was, in his house. <laughs> <laughs> he got uh, he was vacationing in uh, Calcutta, I think, and got taken as, in as one is to do. T- got taken in by some uh, I don't know some, some raconteurs, let's say, and uh, they convinced him that this finger was a yeti finger, and he was all in. He smuggled it back into the U.S. This is how, no joke. How and how did he smuggle the finger? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a famous movie in that I watch. Just watch that prison wallet. <laughs> suitcase anyway he uh he gets back to the states and dies thinking he owned a yeti finger uh then in like 2011 somewhere around then they did a dna analysis of the jimmy stewart and it was his finger all along (laughs) (laughs) i have the power in me (laughs) the the finger is coming from in your body uh no but it was in fact a human finger Uh. he bought and smuggled a so human. The but yeti, it the was, yeti is a wild human. But it was from Andre the Giant, so it looked the part, you know. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, if Yeti is a wild man, a a uh, the DNA was just close enough. Yeah, that's, I mean, it, 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 listen to me being so dismissive of oh, Jimmy Stewart's Yeti finger. Wow. Yeah. Also, that, might, that might have been the CNA, uh, the CIA. Excuse me. That might have been the CIA. Mm, the cover intercepting. Up. Right. The that's DNA. just a. Uh, Human finger. Human. Exactly. Why did you pay no attention to the giant claw on the end of it, or the th- the third knuckle? Right. Totally human. Hey Ted, we're gonna need you to cut your finger off. We're doing this whole Jimmy Stewart finger thing. You just need some DNA, right? Can we just prick my finger? Nope. You're gonna have nope. to cut it off. <laughs> it's it's take a couple really. hairs. Why are you putting Why are you putting nail polish on it? <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's probably one of the more famous ones. We're gonna do a bunch of them. We're kind of we're not going to spend a ton of time on these. Kind of fast-paced. Thank God. In 1925, <laughs> N.A. Tambazi, you know that's an awesome guy, a photographer and a member of the Royal Geographical Society saw a creature. How do you become members of these societies? Because they re- all really do exist. No, they absolutely do. You have it's to, shocking to have invited you, Joe. When we had on- F, uh, man. When we the had- contributions on... I've made to science? <laughs> we had David Childers. He was talking about when I was in the Explorers Club and this and that the other. Yeah. I'm like, man, you just have an, an, a crazy life and you're in all these groups. But yeah. So he said he saw a creature at about 15,000 feet uh, near the Zimu Glacier, and he later wrote that he observed the creature from about 200 to 300 yards for about a minute. So, again, like you're saying, that's three, two to three football fields away. That's a pretty no, good distance. Oh, yeah. Unquestionably, yeah. this is a quote. Unquestionably, the figure. Oh, Joe, are you like thinking Canadian football? I was thinking football? this. Are you doing the math on this? <laughs> two to three hundred. Yeah, I guess that is about two to three football fields. I'll just move along. I don't meters, feet. It's all the same. So here's, here's his quote, though. Unquestionably, the figure Obviously, in outline football in Brazil <laughs> in outline was exactly like a human being walking upright and stopping occasionally to pull at some dwarf rhododendron bushes it showed up dark against the snow and as far as i could make out wore no clothes so it looked like a human with no clothes on about two hours later tambazi and his companions descended the mountain and saw the creature's prints described as similar in shape to those of a man but only six to seven inches by four inches wide he said the prints were undoubtedly those of a biped so that is actually small yeah well the problem with this sighting it's a baby and you don't see baby yeti often that's true that's true mm. thank you the problem with this sighting is that they did find out what he saw they because fig- he they went back on an expedition a year later and they 
those yetis were still standing there because they were large rocks. Ha 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 ha. This what, what he, he and everyone a, knows rock footprints are six yeah, inches I by didn't four. Know they were oh, so, uh, so much, they made such a long. And footprints. it's funny he came out and admitted it later. Like yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a hoax. It, but, he really thought he saw a no, yeti. No, absolutely. And this is a fa- and this is one that it, it's famous because he goes oh. Right, yeah, he he said, yep, but, but that doesn't change the fact that I saw the prints, and that doesn't change the fact that I believe it exists, but you're right, those were rocks. So then Peter Byrne reported finding Yeti footprints in 1948 in northern Sikkim, uh, India, near the same glacier, while on holiday from a Royal Air Force assignment in India. Now, now, it's I'm funny, sure. India actually is comes into play, because they're the ones who say they have found tons, the Indian Army, tons of footprints from them. And that's they like literally go on record as like nope it exists and we have tons of photos of footprints. I watched a fifteen minute segment from Indian Indian News Today or something like yeah. that on it, and uh, as the guy was talking, he just was using they were using the same three or four stock photos just rotating in order. <laughs> yeah, of of a bus with like ninety three people hanging on the outside of it. That kind of stock photo. Not or... what I meant. Not oh, what I okay. meant at all. Did it say Giddy Images at the bottom? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It did. <laughs> Then in 1951, Eric Shipton took photographs of a number of large footprints in the snow at about 20,000 feet. Now that's getting up there, right? That's that's high. Yeah, there is nothing living at 20,000 feet. By that the way. should be leaving a barefoot footprint. No, there 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 is there is nothing. I, I mean, there's no dogs up there. There's no wolves. 20,000 feet. You are way above what anything other than birds are hanging out. Right. At. There's and no plants. Mothmen, like, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, only like, if if something bad's about to happen. Oh, that's true. Now, here's the thing. These pictures are famous, and they have been heavily studied and debated, and people have tried to debunk them. And they are either the best evidence of Yeti's existence, because there are a ton of them, and like you said, there should be nothing up there, or are of a mundane creature like a bear that just kind of got out of its its area, and that it could have been distorted by melting snow. And then they say that when you have a bear footprint, and then winds blow and the temperatures change it will elongate and look like a human footprint but massive and they claim a lot of this these these things that you see are just misidentification but also it's like one of those things you say well what the hell were they doing well and that's one of the biggest problems with with using footprints for yetis because it is in snow, it's not. You know, you you find footprints from ten thousand years ago in North America because like a peat bog like captures it and it doesn't yeah. change. But snow is a horrible medium to look at a footprint in because it changes and melts and and everything you just said, Brent. And it moves around too, like depending on your gait, depending on your how you slide your foot, if you're shuffling, things like that. You know, you every got the day guy, I'm shuffling, shuffling. You got the guy that was in like was in New Jersey or whatever, like for like forty years, he would put on. Oh, yeah. The giant uh, penguin on boots, the beach. and they thought a giant, like fifteen foot penguin, was there. And then he finally is like, "No, it's me." Here's the photos of me doing it for like forty fucking <laughs> years. You know, now I don't think someone's up there like with oxygen tanks. <laughs> well, but, I'm gonna get them. But, 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 but I think this gets to the question, right? Is is I agree with you, John, and that snow is not a great medium for preservation of things, right? By definition. But the flip side of this is. What the hell is leaving the prints at 20,000 feet? Right. That's right. what there's not a credible explanation for. There's not a dude running around doing it. And there are, they're up there higher than that too by a few thousand feet, like 24,000, right. whatever, you know, they've they found them everywhere. I mean, keep in mind, a jumbo jet is flying at 35,000 feet intercontinentally, mm-hmm. right? You're talking 20,000 feet. There is a small percentage of the oxygen at sea level. Like there's, there's a limited number of things 
that physiologically can exist to leave those prints. And there's a much smaller subset of those things that actually like voluntarily goes to that. Like human beings are about the only species dumb enough to spend time at 20,000 feet. He, he knows he went. Right. <laughs> I can say this authoritatively. There ain't anything else up there. And uh, we which, had a dog get into base camp at one point. We're like, holy, now this is at 17.5. Holy shit, a dog. Like we were all like, oh my God, there's a dog here. This is awesome. Dogs will occasionally get off the trail and like up into base camp because there's some food there. There's people, that kind of thing. But like you get up to 20,000 feet, like there's not things there. Even Yeah. When the dog's like, bro. Don't do that. Uh, You're like, uh. <laughs> well, I think that's the most intriguing part of the Yeti phenomena to me. And Joe, you and I have actually talked about this a lot mm-hmm. with a lot of different cryptids. It isn't what monster lurks right. that we're on, a, you know, that there's actually, there be monsters. It's, it's much more what, what sort of, uh, of, of different species that yeah. we are unaware of currently yeah. is or even running, subspecies or subspecies yeah. is running around. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's some variation, most well, likely, of a bear or an ape of some kind. And we've talked about this before, too. Like, even we even talked about Bigfoot and things like that. It's much more feasible for me to believe you could have something that's not been found up there than in, like, the woods around here. Because there are a lot less people up yeah. there. And the people that are up there are going, yeah, we know about it. It's real. You know what I mean? Where the people here, well, they're still saying the same thing about Bigfoot, but but in a, in a different way. Getting back on with a couple more uh, important sightings. On March 19th in 1954, the Daily Mail printed an article which described expedition teams obtaining hair specimens, which were supposed to be from a Yeti scalp. Now, it's in a monastery. In Pangboche? You have been there. I have indeed. I've he visited has, this Yeti scalp and have photographic evidence. So we're going to post those photos, and these photos won't just be from off. These are photos that Eric actually took. I have a much more Allegedly. important question than than Yeti scalp related. Is this the same Daily Mail that posts all that fake news right today? Because it said 1954. I don't know. Is it changed? That's a great question. I have no idea. Mm. Nation weigh in. Yeah. So hairs were black to dark brown in color in dim light and fox red. They say when you you shine them in the direct sunlight, and they took them for analysis. The hair was analyzed. So they were fox red that you yeah. just couldn't see very well in dark light. Exactly. <laughs> uh, exactly. It's the damnedest thing. You can see them a lot better outside. Right. <laughs> uh, but I guess it's dim where they're at. So it they looks had a black. greenish hue yeah. and green light. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was bizarre. So the hair was analyzed by Professor Frederick Wood Jones, and he's an expert in human and comparative anatomy. During the study, he said that hairs were bleached, cut into sections, and analyzed microscopically like so they could get in and, and really figure out what's going on he said the research consisted like microscopes yeah of taking uh micro photographs of the hairs and comparing them with hairs from known animals such as bears orangutans things that they thought could have been misidentified for what a yeti could be and jones concluded that the hairs were not actually from a scalp but he thought they were from the back like a ridge of an animal what they call the the the, the back plate no animals have a ridge on their scalp, like where they, if this was a real scalp, this would be the only animal that has like a ridge like that. Like a Klingon? <laughs> exactly. Ayo. And so he was unable to pinpoint exactly the animal which was from, but he's convinced the hairs were not of a bear. They're not of any 
ape or anything, but of a coarse-haired hoofed ma- animal in the area. It could be like a yak or something like that. Centaur. Yeah, exactly. Minotaur, because yep. they, they actually got that from in the, the center of the labyrinth. So. But they didn't actually do the DNA testing. This is just looking at it un- this is bleached under at a it, microscope. Looking at it at the time, because right. it's at the time that's what they could do, and it looked just like yak hair. It was a different time. It was. Yeah, it was the so, kind of time when it was the roaring it's 50s. abominable. So, so this particular scalp, uh, you said you saw. It's famous. When you went and saw the, is it Pengboche? Pengboche. Pengboche. Yes. Were there people there talking about it? Was there stuff to read? What was the experience like? Yeah, there, there is stuff to read. I actually sent, um, we will post it on the Hysteria Nation uh, Facebook page. But yeah, I, I have some pictures of some of the stuff that's there. It's very much in the center of this monastery. And it's a beautiful Buddhist monastery. People go in there and pray. It's a, it's a very sacred place. And there is a Yeti scalp sitting in a box that says Yeti scalp right in the <laughs> middle of this monastery. Um, and, and apparently they, they take don't really it out. bury the lead on that thing. Yeah, man. no, it's, it's pretty clear what it is. Like there's, there's not a whole lot of uh, question about it. They apparently take it out of the box for religious ceremonies. And so, um, so, so rub the scalp. And so it's not, it's not tongue in cheek at all. They're like, this is a Yeti scalp. Duh. Yeah. But, but again, it's when we say it over here. It, it it would be like you know churches here that have sort of divine artifacts, and you're like, oh yeah, sure, I'm sure that's like from the time when this guy rose from the yeah, dead. Th- or this something, is the cup right? of Christ. Like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure Jesus yeah. actually. Died. It's but, like but, the like, shroud of Turin being in a box. And yeah, you're up but to like, it. but like when you're in a church and you're like, oh okay, like this is the thing that that they say that it is. It's it's very much that way. Like it's not tongue in cheek. It's not weird. It's not. Um, it's just like, yes, this is the scalp of a Yeti. We know that right. there are Yetis out there in and around the area, and this is one of the scalps. You know, it's a rare artifact, so it's a special thing. And we're down to this because we already gave away the finger, you know. So. <laughs> he chose Damn Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> Poorly. And unfortunately, half of our Himalayan of rock salt uh, <laughs> lamps are in yeah. Brent Hand's house. Yep, I do have one of those. I didn't know that those things melted, but it's like I've got like salt all over up there. Well, you keep licking is. it. <laughs> How else am I supposed to get salt intake? <laughs> At least it took away my salt block. <laughs> plants need electrolytes. Yeah. Brent needs yeah. electrolytes. Yeah. <laughs> it's got what plants need. So the next one, John, why don't you say the name uh, of the guy who wrote the book, The Long Walk? Um, that is exactly how his name is spelled. All right. So here we go. Uh, Stawumir Rawitz. Uh, there is a letter in there that none of us have ever seen before. <laughs> so that is as close. Like an italics T kind of? Yeah. Uh, he claimed in his book, The Long Walk, which was also a great short story by Stephen King. Have you read that? No. Uh, it's about like these. It, it's in the it's in the near future where uh, when you get to a certain age. Where, where you have Yeti, to, where cyber Yetics have been bonded onto everyone. When you get to a certain age, you have to participate in this game called The Long Walk. And you just have to keep walking. And walking and walking and like the last one to drop, or the last one to n- still be walking and not drop dead wins. Isn't that an Olympic event already? Yeah, well, <laughs> yes. But do they have to power walk with that weird sachet? Is yes, they do. They do. Uh, Where a no, guy but- got disqualified for having a an unregulated water cup in his hand. It's the only Olympic event possible where you're allowed to carry liquids with you, but just they have to be regulated. Wow, I, I didn't yeah. know about that. Yeah. Well, because it, it had too many electrolytes, which is. It, you know, it's, it's got power walkers. Perhaps need. yogging. Yeah. Yogging. <laughs> yogging. Not, it might be a soft J. 
Anywho, check out that uh, short story. It's in it's in one of his anthologies, like the skeleton key skeleton yeah. something. Anyway, uh, which but is another th- good story. But this is not what we are talking about. We are talking about a book, The Long Walk, published in 1956, and he claims that he and some others were crossing the Himalayas in the winter of 1940, and their path was blocked for hours by two bipedal animals that were doing seemingly nothing but shuffling around in the snow. No, so literally, smoke break like the dogmen of Skinwalker Ranch, just like. Like, hey, man, uh, we're hanging out here. Do you mind? Literally. So, Eric, we, we talked about Skinwalker Ranch a while ago and some weird shit. But literally, one of the stories was two dogs, bipedal, were smoking and chatting on what seemed to be a break. And these guys are like, the family's like, uh, the fuck? <laughs> Essentially. It's- Sorry, man. Uh, I was like, I smoke if you got them. So I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like what we're talking about here is the. Oh yeah, there is a stray cigarette on the on the table here, and none of us smoked the. I don't even know. Yeah, I feel like what we're talking about here is kind of the Yeti version of Jay and Silent Bob, <laughs> just <laughs> shuffling back and forth, not really doing anything. I'm not. I see. I don't understand when you read that description. That sounds to me like two dudes trying to summit, and like one of them dropped his keys <laughs> or a contact lens. I told you not to bring these. Yeah. How, why do you even have them? Up how here? important would an item have to be? If you dropped it near the summit and then didn't realize it till you got home, for you to go back. Right. <laughs> that better be a kidney. <laughs> How's that happen? Another name we're going to talk about is a name that, that is, is famous. I'm sure Eric is very familiar with. I think you brought him up in the last episode. Uh, Sir Edmund Hillary. In 1960, he mounted an expedition to collect and analyze physical evidence of the Yeti, and he borrowed the scalp that you've seen. Nope, this is a different one. This is from the Kumjung. Oh, though, I'm sorry, you're right. Uh, Kumjung Monastery. And so there's multiple scalps in multiple monasteries. Right. By the way, by the way, uh, I was reading about this in, uh, I don't know, one of the books I was reading. And, the Daily Mail? Yes, I was reading about this in the Daily Mail. And uh, he went on this expedition, Edmund Hillary, at the he was hired by the National Geographic Organization. Like at the, like that just doesn't happen anymore. You don't get there. There aren't Indiana Jones types sitting around getting hired to go. You know, or go well, well, I actually I, I would totally disagree with that. So so when you look at a lot of these, he's not welcome back. <laughs> but but many of these explorers, these these unbelievable athletes and things like that, they literally are being sponsored by folks like North Face or mm-hmm. or you know Eddie Bauer or whatever to do all kinds of crazy climbs, expeditions, weird stuff. Look at like, the weird shit like, the Red Bull pays for. Yeah, like if if, if you're an adventure, not just fluke dog. If you're an adventure athlete, getting somebody to pay you to do weird and interesting shit is like the holy grail. Of being a professional, which is weird because I I, live my life trying to get paid to do weird and interesting shit. Yeah, I don't know, but are they? I mean, is is Red Bull paying people to go find Yetis? They might be paying them to, you know, shoot up. uh, Well, I know that I honestly to go across the Arctic, but universities still pay for that and and have people all over the world doing. Name one. Give me one right now. The University University of Colorado, and they and they sponsored who? Fuck you on the Yeti. I don't know about that, but (laughs) no, they're like. But there like is one the, in Germany digging up bone, digging up bones, digging up like anything like that is still very much a, anyone that's that's do, doing research. They pay for people to go to live in like Antarctica and do crazy. I shit just don't and, think that they're hiring people to go find a bunch of cryptozoology type stuff. It's a different era. There it's, is it, a, a university that is currently looking for. Now, this is 100 percent true. University of Phoenix. Uh, there is a university that is looking f- to try to prove if the the thylacine is uh Actually, no, that's not. It's that's a little different. It is a little different, but it, they are paying a lot of money, you know, and they have people on on ground that are looking for uh, the proof if the Tasmanian tiger. Are you going? 
unfortunately, I didn't I didn't pass the background check. <laughs> Who'd have thought? But speaking of adventures, uh, Edmund Hillary, um, he he he, he took, brought the thing. He back. brought it. Yeah. He brought he brought the scalp back for testing. After they did the testing, they thought that um, they compared it to a blue bear and a black bear. And uh, what did they decide, Brent? Well, they they, they the a sero, which is a, a different kind of animal, blue bear. They concluded it was probably made from the skin of an animal closely resembling the sampled specimen of sero, but definitely not identical with it. Possibly a local variety or race of the same species or a different but closely related species. Now, a suro, if you're not familiar with it, looks kind of like they're a medium-sized goat-like antelope yak-looking, I don't know, I, yak's wrong because that's bigger. But a suro, think of like a mountain goat, but black. Yeah, it's and delicious, bigger. delicious with curry. Mm-hmm. I like my suro fried. So. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, but it is funny that they're like, it's not exactly your normal Soro, but it seems to be something in, in that family. Soro Squatch. But, you know, the, the interesting thing, I uh, when we compare Bigfoot to Yeti, Sasquatch to Yeti, and, and this might just be due to the region, I don't know. There's so many less sightings of Yeti and much more... Um, anecdotal evidence footprints yeah footprints not that there is a ton of but at least you get like in bigfoot like you're talking about tree knocks and calls and noises and footprints that we have plaster first-hand witness explanations Uh, right right, i got a rock thrown at me so eric let's talk a little bit about your time there as it relates to yeti did you I, I know that for the most part people aren't just running around talking about yetis all day but did you have any any uh any conversations with locals any experiences anything as it relates to yeti other than seeing the scalp well there there are pictures of footprints in the tea houses um and and I've shared some of these with Brent as well so I think we're going to put some of these things up it, again there are pictures of footprints there are scalps there's sort of this pervasive culture of this evidence of what they claim to be uh, you know, are artifacts that they have, that have come from the Yeti. Does it yeah. seem so, to be important to them that people believe Yeti is a thing? Not really. Um, any more than like it's, uh, again, it's part of the religion, right? And so it's, it's, it's not, um, it's in the same way that if, if you're talking to somebody about like, is it important for me to make you believe that my religion is true? Like, like for all intents and purposes, like there are a few people for whom there, you know, there's the evangelical strain, right? I didn't see any like evangelical Yeti believers who are like, oh yes, you must believe that we have seen the Yeti. Cheese um, muffins. It's just more of a like, yeah, these things are there. They exist. Like we, we have their scalp. We have their footprints. We have pictures of things that could be not, you know, prints of things that could be nothing but a Yeti. And, and so there's this, just this sort of like, yeah, we know it's true. And like, you can believe it or not, man. But to one extent or another, I mean, they are pushing it, meaning they don't have yak prints, right? Like, so they, th- there's a re, they're, yeah, but the, so the question is, the question is, I guess is what I'm trying to get at is, is all of that stuff up for your benefit? Just like, like people want to know about that stuff. So they're going to put it up or is it up because they, they do want to extol the virtues of, of having yetis about. I don't think it's either. So I would pick option C, which is to them. It's spe- ah, didn't offer that one. Sorry. <laughs> to them, it's special. And, and and this is a special thing. It's a special being. It's a special creature. It's, it's, it's a special, um, you know, sort of manifestation of, of this thing. 
and and so to them it's special the evidence of it's special the proof of it's special the sure. artifacts that they have that are uh, of it are special and so they want to show you this thing that they think is special not necessarily to like force you to believe it or to get you to like uh, like I think in the Pangboche monastery you can donate money and and so like there's a little bit of like the tourist trap element to it but you see these artifacts all through the valley and it's not in order to like extract currency from you it's just because it's this thing that they think is cool the valley of the jolly dark yeti oh yeah I've been there. No, he hasn't. That makes sense. So, last question. When you were there, even if it's not Yeti related, did you see any kind of cool um, wildlife? Any uh, interesting lights, interesting sounds, interesting things? Just uh, something out of the ordinary. Did, did you experience any of that, or was it pretty much all par for the course? I didn't necessarily have any like unexplainable things that I saw. Again, it's a spiritual place. It's a different place. When you're up high, there's not a lot of life at all. And so you don't really see a lot. Um, I didn't have anything that would come back and say, Oh man, I saw these lights and I have no idea what they were or anything like that. But everything there is just a little bit different. It's just, it's, it's a little bit special. It's a little bit more magic. It's, it's like being in a spiritual land. Um, and, and so everything just sort of takes on a little bit of a different light to it. Like Iron Fist. Like yeah, Iron Fist. Like <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kumra. What was this place? You uh, I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. No one does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more just etheric, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. You know what? Let's head to break and let's let's wrap this up with a bow when we come back. We're going to talk explanations for what it could be or could it be real and all that jazz. We're going to we're going to wrap it up for you. That's coming up next on Hysteria 51. Great job. Ah, uh, explanations. Who could it be now? Yeah, who or what or when? Could this, you know, they talk about with Bigfoot, it's it's interdimensional. Are these just interdimensional right. travelers? Or they, they come out and they're like, shit, it's cold. Cheese it. Whoop, 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 and they, they, they take off back. Interdimensional or uh, time travelers? Could they be time travelers? Mm, like, Yetis are us from 3,000 years from nope, now. Nope, still cold. <laughs> we got bigger feet by then and, and a lot more hair. There's a There's a... You know how there's that thing that happens in Hollywood where <laughs> the cast you mean the couch. you mean the creation of movies? Oh. Yes, yes, the thing that happens in Hollywood movies. No, where um in the same era, uh, a year two part whatever, um virtually identical movies come out. You know, people always like to reference was it the core and uh, yeah, uh, yeah deep is it deep impact. Deep uh, Impact was the one that was like Armageddon. No, oh, yeah, oh, the, uh, core, the core. I know there were, there were a couple of volcano movies that came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so one just came out called Smallfoot, uh, and it's about the uh, it's about a bunch of Yetis discovering man. It's a cartoon, like a you know Pixar that type of thing, mm-hmm. or what, what? I don't know what company it is. Uh, and then there's another one coming out called Abominable. Uh, oh, and really? so it's like a, a Yeti is having a moment. Well, and we just had the man who killed. Hitler and then the Yeti or whatever, and with then Bigfoot, and then yeah. Bigfoot. Was, yeah. Sam Elliott. Oh yeah, Sam Elliott. Oh, and there was a there was a uh, this year there was a Bigfoot uh, cartoon that came out. I don't remember the name of it. Um, Shit, on, man, sorry. it's time to reboot some Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, Missing Link. Missing Link. Uh, it was one of those. Uh, it was one of those uh, animated but kind of weird animation. It's supposed to be funny for adults and kids. I don't know. Mm. I didn't see it. 
Never even heard of that one. But let's get into explanations other than poorly animated. That's one of them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number cartoons. one, I think I think this one has to be thrown out first. Misidentification of known animals. Like you see something, you know, like we said, it's high up there, but not all of them are hot that high. You see a bear, you see something, you see a rock even. Now it doesn't have to be animals. And you think you saw one thing, and it is another. Yeah, not all sightings and not all footprints were at 20,000 feet. No, not all. And even then, you know, things could be, you know, around there. Or it could even be a person in all black. Maybe not all black. Black isn't a bad thing to wear when you're surrounded by white. It's easier to see you, you know what I mean? So you're, you might have darker clothes the on. The ninjas from Japan in the right. Himalaya that is masquerading true. as yetis. It, it happens. See, I think on this one, one, of the, one of the interesting things is all... Is you have three different things, theories, I guess, that there's a lot of evidence for each. And it's like there's there's all these stories and traditions that date back a long time, not just in that like Nepal, China, Bhutan corridor, but even going up into like that area of Russia and stuff of yeah. wild men of this like lost, forgotten humanoid species. Then you have stuff of like. Is it a bear that accidentally got up kind of high? Maybe. And then it's like, is it some species of gorilla that's not a lowland gorilla and it exists up there? And I, I think you can look at all of those. And it's like, maybe there's a bunch of stuff happening going back to misidentification. And it's not like, again, like John was saying, it's not like one monster that's out there like tearing apart tents. It's a bunch of different stuff no, that that's happens what happened. randomly. That's what happened at the Dietloff Pass. Yes. Well, speaking of, of uh, you know, animals, you said like a, a, some sort of, of ape or gorilla. People even thought that they could be or, orangutans, but they don't really hang out in that climate right. at all. But that is one of the things that people have tried to explain it away as, oh, well, it's just a, you know, uh, an... <laughs> wandered off orangutan that is in that area or something like that i think because they are from not far away i think that was a really good categorization joe it's either misidentification uh, an unknown animal whether that be a different species that we haven't discovered yet or um, um, some sort of crossbreed of something uh that one of the one of the things that we're about to one of the one of the explanations we'll get into here in a minute is that there was this thought for a while that it could be a cross right. between a brown bear and a polar bear that we that we have yet to discover. Or number three, the paranormal, you mm-hmm. know, a monster, some sort of uh, reptilians, sort of non non natural phenomena. Yeah. A uh, yeah, an actual Kinnigan. Uh Yeah. So the other thing, <laughs> footprints we've talked about, snow melts and causes things. That's to look their odd. word. We've we've gotten into that a lot. Uh, I don't think snow, as you you put, John, is a great identifier of things unfortunately it, medium it, a, a good medium yeah medium that's a, a really good footprint those stepping into what what you guys just said could there be a present day specimen of unknown or extinct giant ape now the word that they throw around is gigantopithecus that is something that people love to talk about uh, or some other unknown great ape now gigantopithecus doesn't check off the proper boxes because it actually was so big that they actually think it was quadrupedal. It couldn't actually stand up on its own. It's like when they explain everything with the fact that there's just some megalodon running around uh, or swimming around <laughs> under the sea. Well, that's a fucking given, dude. I mean, so now that they have the Meg, the movie, yeah. the next one is the gig. 
Yeah, yes. Yeah. There are a lot of pictures you can find of Gigantopithecus. Now, we don't really know what it looked like because all we have is jaw bones and things. Now, they're fucking massive. You know, molars are, are gigantic, but we don't know. But they think it would have been so massive that bipedal movement would have, have not been able to. So then that goes back to it would be some sort of other unknown great ape, but... Then that goes into the other thing is or a lot- grape ape, <laughs> grape ape, grape ape. Uh, the thing is, a lot of people say that it looks like a bear. So, and then when they take piece- pieces of it, it's a a goat yak <laughs> or something. So hey, who knows? Science though is trying to figure all this out. We are not just laying on our asses. In 2013, a call was put out by scientists from the universities of Oxford and Lucerne for people claiming to have samples from these sorts of creatures. Now they didn't per se pay for these expeditions, but they were looking into there's two universities, Jen. Uh, well, and, and, and I believe Lucerne actually, if, if in their, uh, in their sort of like hall of DNA or, or hall of animals, they actually have an empty area that they have, uh, that, that they have cordoned off for the Yeti. Oh, because they believe it will be identified, and so they are holding room for wow. it. Wow! Like my trophy Eric, how case. much DNA have you submitted? <laughs> As a six foot five Arctic creature. <laughs> in, in fairness, compared to a Sherpa, it, I do sort of look like a Yeti. Yeah, and it's the damnedest thing. It had beautiful blonde hair. I know. <laughs> Quaff. Also lost on the podcast. <laughs> so a mito- mitochondrial DNA Speaking analysis on mediums. samples. From hair, from an unidentified animal, this was taken in in northern India, uh, west of Himalayas, and one from Bhutan. These two samples uh, were compared with those in the gen bank. That's where they have every known everything. This gene bank has everything that we we know of. The International Repository of Gene Sequences, and it matched a sample from an ancient polar bear jawbone found uh from dating back to 40,000 to 120,000 years ago. This is the one I was talking about. So the the guy I for, I'm forgetting the guy's name. The guy that that came up with this theory did his analysis and then he uploaded the uh all the information he used to do his analysis to the mm-hmm. GenBank. Bunch of other scientists took it, ran with it and they go, "Yeah, man. Hey, listen, we appreciate the effort, but you're wrong. It's just bear. It's just bear." It it, it because what they were thinking was it's not yeti but it's really cool. It's a cross between a brown bear and a polar bear that we heretofore did not exist. And, and now so we know that that happens. And we've actually had, mm-hmm. unfortunately, some have been shot and killed and, and, and things happen like that. But yeah. the, but there, there's not one currently in the Himalayas. And right. so they did, they thought it was like some other, mm-hmm. like, as Joe was mentioning, you know, some other species that like off, off tick evolutionary that they didn't know about. And it turns out that's not the case. It was just a basic brown bear that, uh, and, and so the samples had been, be. the samples had been, uh, damaged. That was why. So it didn't actually match to a Correct. thousand year old ancient. Uh, so barring hoaxes or anything, bears in the region, it seems like have been mistaken for, for Yeti. Now that's not to say that every sample that they've gotten is not been planted or or just you know misidentification things like that but the ones that have come forward for the most part just seem to be people are seeing bear his name yeah his name was brian sykes and his team's the one who carried out the analysis at oxford and he thought that the samples came from the hybrid species we talked about Mm -hmm. in 2017 the new analysis compared the mitochondrial dna uh sequences of bears from the region with the dna extracted uh that were claimed to be yetis and 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 kind of including the hair that was thought to be from uh, 
the preserved specimen uh, of psych sample, and it showed to have been a Himalayan brown bear. And womp, womp. So here's a quote from Brian. He says, I'm 90% convinced that there is a bear in this region that is being mistaken for a Yeti. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's just, right. You know, so, so he, but mm-hmm. the cool part is he's a scientist, so he admits when he's wrong. Then in 2017, Daniel C. Taylor, he published a comprehensive analysis of the century-long Yeti literature, looking at everything that's come. This book gave meticulous explanations for most of the footprints, things like that, the DNA, as well as all the other unexplained Yeti footprints from everywhere, not just the, the famous Eric Shipton and the Cronin McNeely footprints, which are ones that came in 72 those are the ones that when you search for yeti footprints you see them that uh, google image search yeah pops and up. to complete his explanation sorry, bing image search <laughs> after taylor, you get through all the coolers taylor also yes, located yes. a never before published photograph in the archives of the royal geographical society taken in 1950 by eric shipton that included scratches that are clearly bare nail marks meaning this was in with those and they just hadn't published that one and it was most definitely a bear. Or a bear clearly photoshopped. Well, yeah. Because 1950s Photoshop, that was Photoshop 2.0 back 2.0, then. 2.0, yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't as good, but it, bear, bear was actually one of the brushes. Bear, bear, <laughs> bear claw. Bear claw. Not to be confused with cheese muffins. Stop it. <laughs> so, kids, it seems like most of these are cases of mistaken identification. I can't say all because we don't know. And like we said, you think in that area, it's still really weird for something to be that high. That was uh, Joe's band name in college, Mistaken Identification. Yeah, Yeah. he he played bass for them. Think back to the beginning of the episode when we talked Sasquatch versus Yeti. They said the Yeti more resembled a bear. And then you have the foremost person who's done it goes, yeah, I think it's just a bear. That's That's a hefty statement. That was me, by the way. The foremost expert? I said that. That's fair. Your eyes play tricks on you. You have oxygen and low oxygen can make you see things. But I'm not saying no, because we don't know everything. And for a long time, people have been seeing these. If I had to pick a place and there could be something hidden, that'd probably be one of them. It is one of the greatest mysteries in the scientific world. (laughs) But unfortunately, all the evidence we have points to no. So let's go around the table. Let's let's cap this thing off, guys. What do you think Yetis are? What, what, what the 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 evidence, the photos, uh, the the first and second hand reports? What are what are we actually seeing, Joe? Let's start with you. I think it's all misidentified species that are rationally explained. However, with the caveat, I think it absolutely is unknown versions of species. I think it's either or all of a bear we have no idea exists that's up there all the time and isn't just some wandered off random black bear. I think potentially it's and or some species of ape and or some sort of wild human that time forgot. So you I think mean, something is there that is distinct? Yeah. Strong. That's interesting. Eric. Yeah, I, I was actually going to say something very similar to what Joe said in, in that. I, I don't, I don't necessarily buy that there is somewhere, you know, families of humanoids with long hair that, you know, are 99% us, but, but hanging out up there. You have never been to some of the places I've been. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but the idea, I, I, I continue to believe that up in some of these rarely explored, uninhabited by human, um, rarely visited regions, there are subspecies or variations of species. 
uh, that either exist or there's there's a there's a species of bear, something like that, that, that we weren't expecting to see up there. I'll be shocked if in 10 or 20 years, if we revisit this conversation, if we haven't, you know, later found some sort of an offshoot that we're like, huh, we didn't think that thing was here or we didn't realize there was this variation that exists. Well, kind of like we were talking about, John was talking about the polar bear, brown bear hybrids that now people have, you know, hunt, shot and killed on accident, yeah. things like that. And then we go, hmm, they really do happen. They do exist. Brent, anything uh, to add from your thoughts? Not really. Before? I mean, I, I, like I said, they kind of agreed that there could be something up there because this would be the place. But I think ninety nine point nine percent of everything that we're seeing, or a hundred percent of the proof we have, is mis- misidentification. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. I, the, the part I disagree with Joe. I don't think there's a um, yet to be identified hominid running around. Um, I, I think. Uh, I, I like that would be just too shocking and like a, another Neanderthal or something like that. I think that'd be too shocking in, uh, for me. We ain't found shit. <laughs> I think this is stop my- hiding Brendan Fraser <laughs> yes, in your basement. Yes, yes, exactly. Your exactly. Uh, uh, here, take a frozen burrito. They're good. Um, the and he was with Yetis in one of those mummy movies. Oh, oh. the third, the Maybe. oft-overlooked third. Boy, Maybe what happened he, to his career? He's Where'd in he Doom go? Patrol right now. He's in what? Doom Patrol. Yeah, hidden under a mask. Yeah, he is, but he plays, uh, he's a character in Doom Patrol. Oh, didn't know. Which is doing really well. I hear it's good. I haven't watched it. I've heard good things as well. Uh, the, the, but the, the, here, the yet to be discovered subspecies makes total sense to me. It's, it's like the giant squid. I mean, we, 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 Eric and I were talking about that before you got here. Yeah. The, the, we knew the giant squid existed. We saw the sucker marks on whales, but <laughs> literally that's the conversation we had. Um, I was listening, uh, remote, remote <laughs> listening. Remote listening. John yeah. was depositing sucker marks <laughs> yeah. on whales. That's why he was late. Uh, the, the thing I think will be most interesting is to figure out what it was. What, what it, was it, was it some, some sort of ape that can actually, uh, stand the temperatures and the, and the elevation that we're, that we're unaware of, or is it some sort of bear? I, I think it's probably one of the two. What if it's I, a, a ape bear hybrid? No, uh, I mean, no one throws well, that then, out. Then we'll know Cobra did it. <laughs> it was, it was Cobra, uh, yeah, you Cobra know. Commander. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Retreat! <laughs> Nation, that is what we think, but we want to know what you think. Go to Hysteria Nation. That is our Facebook discussion group. Go to Facebook.com, search Hysteria Nation. Uh, we're going to have a lot of discussion about this one. A also, lot of photos. a lot of photos Eric uh, has from been Eric's ventures. Uh, Not blurry. Yeah. yeah. Not blurry. Not blurry. And, uh, yeah, if you got questions about, you know, what it's like to <laughs> risk your life climbing a mountain because he did that in space. Ask Brent. Ask yes. Brent. Yes. Uh, the, 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 the Appalachian Trail was harrowing, I understand. <laughs> oh, I didn't climb it. I hiked it. <laughs> There's a difference. Uh, only part of it. Yeah, only part Don't of it. Don't lie to our listeners. I only hiked part of the part Appalachian. Part of it, yeah. Lisa did not think that was as funny as I did when I was doing it. Get a picture, baby. Get a picture. Why? <laughs> We're four foot out of a parking lot. God, take a fucking picture. I'm hiking the AT. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, don't forget Facebook.com slash Hysteria51pod. That is our page where you can find this and all our episodes. Patreon.com. You can get a picture of another type of cryptid. That is the Loch Ness Monster. I'll draw it for you. It only costs tree fitting. And uh, you can get 
T-shirts and stickers and pins and posters and all sorts of fun things. Smell till your heart's desire of things that you don't even want to smell. Voicemail, 773-669-7277. Again, John, what's that number? 773-669-7277. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it about two years from now. Yeah, that's right. And if you forget any of that, where can they go? Hysteria51.com.com. Don't forget to tell a friend. Uh, we actually had a big growth in the group this week. Like we, we added, uh, several people I put in there and I said, if you know people, you know, add them to the group. And we had a lot of people, uh, and it's grown and grown and grown. And we're about 3,000 members almost in, uh, Hysteria Nation. The so nation is strong. Yeah. Let's keep growing that. Oh, God. That's, that's what it sounds like when people sniff John go forth. So huge thank you. To one of our guests, Eric, this week. <laughs> Thank you for for uh, doing a twofer, doing two weeks in a row. Th- thanks for inviting me, guys. Thank you for surviving so that you could come and tell us this. Well, well, thanks for keeping me strong while I was on Everest. I appreciate That's uh, right. I appreciate the nation. I'm pretty sure that you don't come back from Everest without this show, so I'd like to thank I, I us. certainly did. Yeah. I certainly yeah. wouldn't have summited. It's, this is the time <laughs> of the show I'd like to thank myself for uh, for which, you know, all things are possible. And Joe. Joe, I'm going to say it. Thank you. Thank you. You had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, I've been Brent. I've been Joe. I've been Eric. I've been John. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.